Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range EDC, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. A killer, a thriller, an archer, a debaucher, royalty on a desert planet, immortals on our own planet, and whoa, we know kung fu. What do all these have in common besides being things that the man they call Tim mutters in his sleep, causing his wife to contemplate smothering him with a pillow? They're all involved in trailers that were recently released that we can't wait to talk about. So in this, episode 78, we're taking y'all down to the free-range EDC trailer park to give you our lowdown on trailers for Dune, Hawkeye, The Eternals, and Matrix Resurrections. My name is Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who is the wind beneath my wings, the song in my heart, and the pebble in my shoe. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades, I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you, sir? I am doing, well, I'm doing all right. We'll see how the show goes on. I just finished shoveling, I don't, I don't even know how much fried food <laughs> into my mouth. I was going to say, the pre-production meeting, there was a warning of a food coma strike happening. So. Like, immediately before we we started recording. Like, I, the, I can still taste the ketchup and batter. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. (laughs) With every outward breath. That's how recently this was. Uh, So we will see if I if I doze into a food coma or if I just, you know, my heart just explodes because of saturated fat. Either way, you kick this sucker home. I will make sure you have access to the files. All right. Speak of me well when you speak of me, would you? I will. I went and, and, you know, speaking of speaking well of things, a little different introduction there, my friend. Yes. Uh, a little different introduction. Uh, what, what's going on? After 77 episodes of finding a tag team for every episode, I give up. There's no more left. <laughs> Ladies There's... and gentlemen, we have wrung that gimmick dry. There's no way to find any more tag teams without going to, like, Japan. And then I can't... Pro- <laughs> I wouldn't be able to pronounce them. I don't even speak English that well. I can't forget a foreign language, you know? I think we knew we were hitting the end when the grizzled young veterans were were brought out, uh, you know, in, in full display a couple episodes ago. I, I, I figured the end was nigh. So. Yeah, we, we were scraping the bottom of the barrel, and unless I wanted to, like, overturn the barrel and start <laughs> digging underneath it... <laughs> And quite honestly, as as anyone who's listened to this podcast for any length of time knows, I just don't care that much. So uh, mm-hmm. we're just going to take that gimmick around back and, uh, you know, old yellow that sucker and that's it. We're going to ask Patrick to file those away for some future uh, resurrection of sorts. As I actually did think of having Patrick choose a tag team and, and outsourcing that again. But let's face it, that is no, that has gone so poorly for everything else that yes. I just I couldn't do that to you, sir. Let alone our listeners. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But an you end of an era. Are welcome. But we move on into a, a a new glorious age. 
Well, I don't know about that, but we'll, we'll keep doing what we do and just hope it gets better against all odds and, you know, common sense. Absolutely. So, sir, now that we don't have too much to chit-chat about here, what do we got for the Week in Geek? Week in Geek. It feels so funky. Oh, we have things to chat about in the Week in Geek. Ah, good. I'm just giddy. I'm just giddy. Especially. Now, wait a minute. Did they did they release a new kind of beef? Like they've managed to crossbreed a cow, a goat, a sheep, and a fish. Not You're quite. Gonna, this not is a quite. brand new type of steak that you can explore. Uh no, no, not nothing quite like that. This is a, a, a basically a fantasy football related giddiness. Oh, sweet, good God. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, yes. We got to talk about week five action, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, we don't, actually. Well, some of us don't want to talk about it, but some of us do, because some of us are continuing. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Domination, baby. Domination. Some of us apparently don't have a life. Uh, well, you know, come on. We got to take the high spots when we can get them. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to savor this. Let me savor it. Please. <laughs> You're, you're getting waxed in like Star Wars squadrons every night by Jimmy Dice. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Online, so you're taking, uh, yeah, you're taking yeah. this. <laughs> it's like it's like this one ray of light in in, in the you know the entertainment uh, that that I uh, engage in throughout the week. You know, I'm getting whooped in the video games. It's like at least fantasy. I I have some 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 positivity there. So. It's like some ten year old in Topeka, Kansas, that's whipping your butt in you know, in Knights of the Old Republic every single weekend. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. Man. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, yes, yours truly, the man they call Tim and his team Quick Slants. Right now, 235 to 220. It was a close contest. Mm-hmm. My, my wide receivers have really crapped out this week. Which Now, wait a minute. There's actually there's a, there's a chance that you could still lose. We are recording this Monday night. The Monday night game has yet to begin. You have zero players going. And your opponent has one player remaining. Yeah, I'm really Only holding 15 out. 15 points. Separate. I'm really, I'm really holding out for the Baltimore kicker to like trip on his way out the tunnel or or stub his toe and get pulled, so it just solidifies it. But even if the kicker kicks, he's not earning. He's not earning 16 fantasy points. I'm sorry. I, I've, I've got to say, I'm rooting for him, and I will tell you why in a moment. Yeah, I know why I am, you're rooting for I him. Please, rooting. go ahead. I'm rooting for a lot of field goals <laughs> on on the part of the Baltimore offense uh because uh you know what first of all can i just say i me and dalvin cook uh, this relationship is just not going to work out okay it's just it was it started out so well and now it's just i i don't know i don't know like last week i know he was coming back from an injury wasn't full speed then all the news was like oh and he's got it he's gonna pick up his game and this and that and the other i was like all right I kind of feel good about starting him because it's Dalvin Cook. You got to start him. You got to. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys. It's like you got to start him, and it and it looks like he was he was trending towards playing. And what happens, of course, he's out. And I am nowhere near a computer or my phone, and so therefore I have a big fat goose egg sitting in one of my running back spots, which I cannot afford because then again my. I'm, uh, my my again, digital Carl Weathers is going to catch COVID this year again. I know it's going to happen because this is how my year is trending. Okay, okay. 
So Russell Wilson is my starting quarterback. Apparently, he had he got knocked out of the game after yep. scoring 23 points for me and had a freaking surgery that was so horrific that they're talking about it in hushed tones. So I'm like, oh, that's good. So <laughs> I I then when I actually had access to my team last night, I went and decided, all right, well, I got to pick up somebody else to make sure because my backup is Ryan Tannenhill. And I have I have a few rules in life, okay? For One of them happens to be that if Ryan Tannenhill is associated in any way, shape, or form with your life, get a backup plan. Maybe it's just because I watched this guy way too much back in Miami in the day. And I know that he's doing very well down in Tennessee, which is great. But I'm not relying on Ryan Tannenhill, okay? I, I, I would rather sign Jay Fiedler to a contract than Ryan Tannenhill. So I was like, okay, well, who can I get? Lo and behold, nobody in our league had Daniel Jones, quarterback for the New York Giants, who has been really? like raking in the fantasy points. So I was like, well, shoot, let me go ahead and sign this guy. Mm-hmm. Signed him up. He got hurt yesterday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I, just, I, 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 I don't know. I am apoplectic at this point because then I had – so today I've, I've, got a, I've got the tight end from freaking Baltimore and Jonathan Tra- Taylor, who I have to hope goes off. Mm-hmm. But my opponent has Lamar Jackson, so that's why I'm hoping for a lot of field goals because I'm hoping that guy doesn't score zip because right now I am down by five measly points. So if I can kind if, – if Taylor can go off and, and the only guy who Lamar Jackson throws the ball to today uh, is Mark Andrews, that would be fan-freaking-tastic for me. I would just mm-hmm. – I would very much appreciate that, like, if he, if he only gets 100 yards past it all goes to my man Mark. But otherwise, I have no hope of any of that because I'm sure that Jonathan Taylor is probably going to like pull a hamstring getting to the bench. And then Mark Andrews is probably going to have like projectile diarrhea and won't even start in the game. So that is how my season is going. And you know what? I will never ever forgive you for dragging me into another year of this. Oh, you'll do it again next year. Come on. Man. No, I won't. I'm done. I'm done. I'm telling you right now. This is it. This is this is it. You get to observe the greatness of my team. I, I've put together a, a squad of, of excellence. Oh, you're so lucky that we don't record this in person. <laughs> I, I think something would be thrown at me if we were in the same room right now. Oh, you'd have a you'd have a seltzer can up both nose, <laughs> up both nostrils, and a third one somewhere else where I'm not going to say because it's a oh. family show. Ah, uh, well, needless to say. I'm, I'd have them all pop, too. That way I can uh, just shake you up afterwards and watch the foam come out your ears. It'd be I think, awesome. I think maybe we need to move on. I, I think Uncle Todd's blood pressure is going up a few octaves. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, I, I think it has. How about we talk about something else besides fantasy freaking, you know, football, fake football teams? Dalvin Cook. <laughs> Dalvin, yeah, Dalvin, I'm sure you're a real nice guy, but it's just not working out between us. It's just not working out. I'm not going to be one of those guys who like just goes and like goes on blast someone on Twitter or social media because oh, they 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 got hurt or something. They didn't get points for my fa- my fake football team. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm just going to say it's just not working out. You know, oh, this dear. is a very it's a very unhealthy relationship that we're in, and I, I just can't do it no more. Can't do it no more. No more, no more, saith Uncle Todd. Yeah, I freaking hate fantasy football. I can't believe I did this. It's all five these, and oh, you know. baby, five and oh. All right, here we go. Uh, and you know what? And you haven't even cut back the Week in Geek. That was the deal. Well, 
I don't know what to say. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Oh, good Lord. Uh, this one, courtesy of Uncle Todd, doing a little uh, mining of his own in the Marvel sci-fi realm uh, in terms of some news. Black Panther 2. A little news coming out last week. Or actually, now that I'm looking at the date, this was several months ago, so I don't know how we, <laughs> how we missed this. That's a big difference right there. A couple of couple, last come out last week. Oh, you wait, sent sorry. it to me last this week. Was January I didn't, of 2018. <laughs> I didn't look at the date. <laughs> good thing I'm not drinking any milk over at your house. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Everyone over at Tim's house has had had the, had the swine flu, stomach flu, bird flu, mosquito flu. Oh my god! An explosive diarrhea, like my man. All Mark. right, good <laughs> lord! I don't understand why this keeps happening. I'm eating food from 1987. That's why. <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, uh, let's see. Where was I? I'm. I'm all. I'm all. <laughs> Oh, this I, is I, why I, the Weekend Geek is like forty-five minutes long now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just beside myself with with the fact I missed the date. Anyways, Black Panther two. Basically, the the rumor is that uh, we will have the first appearance of the Ironheart character uh, debuting in Black Panther two in advance of uh, that character headlining their own series on the Disney Plus. Plus. Uh, and the rumor is the actress Dominique Thorne uh, will mm-hmm. be picking up the mantle of Riri Williams slash Ironheart, and she will uh, play some sort of role in Black Panther 2 mm-hmm. as uh, a genius inventor, and I believe a young one at that, uh, oh, yeah. who yeah. is the creator of the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think tied directly to the Stark family, but uh, I believe following in the footsteps of the man. So, uh, yes, I'm kind of excited about this. I, I think this is much in the way Marvel has done with their movies. I, I like the fact they're using uh, this Black Panther sequel, which is going to have the cl- you know a cloud over it to some degree with the passing of Chadwick Boseman and, and the passing mm-hmm. of the mantle of Black Panther to someone else. I don't know that that's been determined yet, mm-hmm. but basically to have this character debut in advance of of the series. I just like this rhythm that, that Marvel's in. You know, we get a little bit in the movie theater, we get a little bit on the plus, you know what I mean? So uh, mm-hmm. this is going to be good. But uh, your thoughts, sir, on uh, this revelation from apparently two and a half months ago? I'm excited. I'm excited to see the uh, to see Ironheart, just period, in, in terms of either the show or a bit of an appearance in Black Panther 2, uh, whatever, whatever it takes to get that, because that character just seems really fascinating for me. Uh, especially with the idea that you know you have like the you know the girl genius and and it's like a teenager who is going to MIT young which is kind of like Tony Stark like Tony Stark was going to MIT and it, you know she basically builds Iron Man in her dorm room which I'm like right on I'm I'm all for this this sounds really cool and yeah. and also because I do hold out a little bit of hope because in the comics at least uh, the AI that is given to her to run the suit was Tony like it was voiced by Tony it was it was Tony Stark's voice in the uh, AI nice. you know much like you had Jarvis you had Friday you had the, her suit apparently had Tony Stark as her as her as her AI so there is that little bit of hope that I have that maybe we get Robert Downey Jr. voice only back mm-hmm. in the MCU. I know it is absolutely in the outer realm of possibilities, but I'll cling to a little bit of hope. I'll clutch at some straws. I've been known to do so. 
Um, yes, but I have, think it makes a lot of sense. Especially after eating a basket of scallops. Oh, yeah. Dude, I've, I don't know. I, I, might not, I might just sleep in this chair tonight, dude. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't see myself moving too far from here. Yeah, um, yeah. But it makes a lot of sense because then you have, you know, you have the young genius coming from MIT with Ironheart and all that. But then you also have Shuri, who is mm-hmm. in her own right, like one of the smartest freaking people on the planet mm-hmm. in Wakanda. Which it would make so much sense to have these two these two women cross paths in some sort of way, shape, or form, or for her introduction to be in a movie with with Shuri involved somehow. Like it just makes yeah. a lot of sense. And I, I'm digging it. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm waiting anxiously. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Wetting the appetite for Black Panther 2. As yes, if we needed indeed. the appetite to be wet for such a sequel that is highly anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. Because I believe, I believe Black Panther is still one of, if not the highest grossing non-Avengers movie mm. in the MCU. Nice. It was an absolutely gigantic movie, and and the fact that it was only it was like 2018 or 19. I mean, it it, it was not that long ago. It just seems like it has been because it that character just has permeated into all areas of yeah. of pop culture and also the MCU. Yeah, because I remember we were we were talking about that before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that just happened like not that long ago. <laughs> right, right. I know, I know. It just seems like Black Panther has been around forever. Well, we look forward to that. And finally, uh, less news, a little bit of opining for both Uncle Todd and the man they call Tim. Uh, we, we sit here several days removed from the airing of the finale mm. of the seminal or initial, I guess would be the right way to say, it, initial season of What If. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get some thoughts. wanted to, you know, just see what, what you thought about this. Because I, I have some thoughts after watching it. And uh, I don't know. I think you might be surprised by some of them. You hated it, didn't you? Just absolutely hated it. Couldn't stand a minute of it. Didn't hate it. Oh. But oh, you're, so you're going to heal it up on this one and I've got to be the face. Okay, I got you. I so, think so. It felt to me very much like kind of the, the track that I followed when I watched WandaVision. It was very interesting, and I, I liked the concept before I had even seen the show. But it took a little while for me to really kind of warm up to it, even though you know Captain Carter was was a great first episode. But I, I the way I kind of equate the two is that you kind of had to get that buy-in early in order to stick through some of the the stuff that was going to happen because not everything was like dynamite thrill a second sort of thing and some of the episodes resonated a little bit more than others i dug the whole you know the murder mystery one where they you know all the avengers were getting taken out and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was not the hugest fan of the zombie one which i actually thought i would i would get a kick out of that was not as big of a fan of that one but i got hooked into the concept at the beginning and so it kind of helped me see it through to until the end so there was a little bit i don't want to say unevenness but there was definitely moments that were better for me than others yeah in in much the same way as kind of the the sitcom genre shifting with each episode, at least through the first two thirds of the season for WandaVision, was not everybody's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I could see how some of these episodes were not everyone's cup of tea, especially and even the concept itself of having heroes whom you had a had such a strong identity, and then seeing it thrown all into a cocked hat. I can see where some people are like, well, no, I don't want to see Peggy Carter, you know, taking the super soldier serum. I that's Captain America. That's Steve Rogers. No, right. 
Some people just don't dig that. And for me, I, I like the idea of like, wow, like that's that would be very weird. And yeah, let's imagine what that would be like. So I can get why some people, maybe not their thing, but I, I did feel like once I got with the concept, it helped me get through some of those to, of course, like the last couple episodes, which for me, I was like, yeah, this was really kind of cool the way they kind of built all that up. And, and especially bringing in some of those threads where I'm like, man, that episode wasn't that great. And then all of a sudden it, it all played into the end, you know? Yeah. So I, I dug yeah. that. And what were your thoughts, sir? Cause I, you're not usually on the, the negative side of things. I, I got to hear this. What, what bugged you about it? What's stuck in your craw? Well, overall, I, I like the idea of the multiversal Avengers, if you will. Um, I defend the guardians of the multiverse, the guardians of the multiverse. Yes. Or was it you defenders know, of the multiverse? No, no, you're right. It was Guardians. Okay. It was Guardians of the Multiverse. And and I like that it was an odd concoction of essentially the heroes we had seen throughout the season. Of course, it, what, it, what was interesting was we did hit, we had not really gotten context for the Gamora character mm. because I think that Gamora character was, I think, the what-if episode. And I was informed by, uh, by my son that uh, it is coming in season two, but what if Gamora had slain Thanos is, I think, the what-if uh, mm. coming out of that. So, no, I, I didn't have an issue with, with the building up of the team. I, I mean, I thought it was kind of an interesting concept when they, you know, ended the prior episode with the Watcher kind of going to uh, Supreme Strange and mm. basically recruiting him to help him stop, you know, that Ultron has now become so powerful. Although I do have to quickly admit, and I texted this to you uh, last week, I did find it really funny that the Watcher is narrating the moment when Ultron becomes conscious of him. Yes. <laughs> and he's just like what? talking and he's like, what? What's going on? You know, yeah. it's like you were no, just it, talking it, about it. He has that moment. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was great. That I, was great. I, I had and a that's where, that's that. where having someone like Jeffrey Wright, who I mean, he kind of Jeffrey Wright, when he gets going, like he can kind of have that same like vocal gravitas as as like I don't know I don't know there's something about about mm -hmm. his voice that to me is like yes this it sounds like official I don't know like I that's a that's a very weak way of saying it but mm -hmm. he, he has that gravitas but then can so quickly change in those moments to almost like ah you know yeah <laughs> sort of, <laughs> right, sort of right. Like, <laughs> on a dime and it was great yeah. <laughs> Which, so yeah, it does make sense. It's like you were just talking about what's happening, dude. What's so surprising here? Yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 much like you, I mean, I, you know, the, the the season had its ups and downs. I mean, it was a little, you know, the the zombie episode was definitely the strangest one. Although Which is I think funny. We, well, actually, no, the strangest one would have been the one about Doctor Strange, don't you think? Well, that too. Huh? But but the, huh? I, I got what you did there. I got huh? what you did there. Very nice. Very nice. But I did Which like is how kind of weird that you that you didn't necessarily dig the zombie episode because you're a, you're a Walking Dead guy. Well, it's just because like in this medium, I just I I don't know. I just I didn't understand why the story needed to be told. It just it seemed like so far flung from where they typically take the stories. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> okay. like okay, okay, hang on a minute, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute. So that's far flung. Yet, an entire story told from like this intergalactic bald guy who's all seeing and all knowing, talking about like people who take a super soldier serum and a sorcerer, and like all of that's totally grounded. But it was the zombie, the animated zombies that were a, a bridge too far for you within the universe that we're watching. Yes. 
the universe was now fractured into a multiverse. He's the guy who's <laughs> narrating and telling us the stories. That all makes sense. It just it's like why did they have to go to the zombie place? I just I'm asking. Once again, we've seen Frog Thor. <laughs> Yes. And yet the zombies. But not an entire seen, episode about him. Alligator Loki. And, and but not now. an entire episode about him. <laughs> no, but, you know, if you did, would it really be that weird? All things considered. Quite I possibly. Mean, Quite possibly. Okay, you're just complete. Okay, you are. You are definitely like we've swapped spots because you're totally healing <laughs> it up right now and trying to just like flabbergast me what and it's I was working i'm playing right into it so what i was gonna say is i i did as you said i i felt though it was it was kind of an interesting way to tie the threads of these other episodes into the finale for example mm-hmm. the zombie one where you know strange just opens up a portal and dumps a you know a whole bunch of zombies <laughs> like right on top of uh, yeah. uh of ultron and like all right that'll hold them for a little bit so <laughs> well, yeah, and then and then to reveal that you have Scarlet Witch Zombie, yes, yeah. in there, which kind of that was made a big deal of like, oh yeah, and she was the one person that was going to you know take out Thanos when he had the Infinity Gauntlet, right. Right. and that didn't work out as well for her with, <laughs> with so, uh, Ultron. So here here's here's where where things got a little strange for 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 me. So Ultron is is all powerful because of the Infinity Stones he possessed, right? Uh-huh. Yet there's a point in the episode where they get all the Infinity Stones and they try to apply whatever the that gadget that Gamora has to to crush them or destroy them, and then they all of a sudden are like, "Oh wait, the the stones are you know it's almost like the signature of the stones are are kind of bound to the universe they come from, so this device isn't actually working, so mm-hmm. now the stones aren't destroyed, mm-hmm. but." I'm th- I'm sitting there like okay, but if that's the case, then how is Ultron all powerful then? Because the stone shouldn't be working in the other universes. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and there I can see your point there. The only thing I could think of is that, which is weird, because you you do have all of these different universes where everything is just a little bit different, mm-hmm. and so how those stones would behave would seem, at least to me, it would seem that they would have to be relative. Well, actually, no. I mean. There is a, there is you're totally right. There is a breakdown, but I mean it's not like when uh when one of those characters went to another multiverse or another another world that they changed themselves or they mm. didn't they didn't behave the same. No, they were them. They were self-contained. So I could see why those stones going from universe to universe would. However, I guess the the one get out of jail free card that you would have with that is whatever machine was created to destroy those stones would have to be so hyper specific to take out something as powerful as an infinity stone. They would have to be like down to like the atomic level. Mm-hmm. And in that way, it would not function with something that was not exactly the same, although it makes you wonder, like, how different are the Infinity Stones from universe to universe? Right. So, yeah, th- right. there is there is an inc- inconsistency there. I, I will grant you that. Inconsistency. I will grant you that. Second thing that bothered me slightly, the final kind of battle that happened was mm. borderline getting into, like, DC territory in terms of, you know, just the action and, and, and I get it's kind of the style, you know, the anime or, or manga sort of thing, but I, I just, like, I, I had these flashbacks to the 1980s when I was watching, you know, some of the, like, Japanimation shows that were brought over to America, like Force 5 and stuff, where it's just like, 
you know, I'm going to use ultra kill level five on you. And it's just like, you know, all these, and then it's just like the, the, the TV just starts like, you know, flashing lights, almost like, you know, going to cause yeah. a seizure or something like before, that. You before know? we knew that those bright lights really cause seizures. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that, those are the days. Jeez. Just the fight was just like, it, it just got to almost a, like a ludicrous level for me, which I'm like, I'm glad, oh, yeah. but I'm glad they're doing this in the medium of the cartoon and not on the movie screen because mm-hmm. I think that might be where Marvel loses me a little bit. It, it's it's like the, the stakes are getting to, to you know they're raising to such a a ludicrous level at some at, at some level um, that that it just reminded me of you know in Wonder Woman just just the whole fight between her and Ares and just how it just got like so ridiculously out. Like I'm, I'm expecting to see, you know, like video game Mortal Kombat like animations happening, like, you know, times 75, you know, or whatever. It's just like, it just looked like such such a crazy sort of thing. Now the action going on in between where they're trying to get the stones away and they're trying to do this and that, I I, I get, you know, they're, they're trying to enact a plan and that sort of thing, but it just, it, it was just kind of weird. And then even the part with Black Widow where she just like, you know, she's riding the motorcycle and I'm just like, you know, does the jump takes takes the shot with the uh, the you know the nod to Clint, and I'm just kind of like, really? I mean, you, you'd be dead when you land because you launch that high up. <laughs> you know, it's just like I don't know. I'm 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 picking and choosing when I'm letting reality creep in and when I'm not. But let's be honest, Clint and and Scarjo would have been dead in the first Avengers movie. There's no um, way they're surviving the Battle of New York. Like yeah, it's it's yeah. just not happening like two mere mortals without any kind of protection besides a couple of you know nine millimeter pistols and a dude with a bow and arrow yes they ain't making it and an endless supply of arrows (laughs) well no he did run out he did run out that was actually a plot point in that which Mm -hmm. i at least gave him some credit for that black widow never runs out of ammo though which is a rather amazing but uh yeah let me yeah i i get where you're going and i i agree i i'm glad they kind of explored some of the more over the top stuff yeah in this show because i can i i can live with it being there you know what i mean like like it doesn't ruin i don't look at this and say marvel has screwed up it's just it just didn't land the way you know other finales of these shows have landed with me you know what i mean Mm mm-hmm and then, and then the, and then, sorry, just to jump ahead, and then the ending with the standoff between what I'm going to call Zolatron and Killmonger <laughs> um, was also kind of weird because well, uh, was it the, was it the stomach face? It was the stomach face. Like that was just weird. <laughs> and then on top of it, like Killmonger gets the stones, and it's already been established pretty consistently up to this point that when humans try to use those stones, and I, and maybe I'm wrong, and he didn't use them. But even in their presence, it didn't go so well for Tony. You know what I mean? Like, like he used them, and he ended up in a pretty bad place after using them. Yeah. Like, the whole thing with him getting them and then losing them, and then somehow he has some ability to pull them towards him, and, you know, Zol- Zolatron's pulling him towards him, and I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> this doesn't make sense to me, you know? it just It just seemed like kind of a departure from the consistency of the universe that had been set up up to that point. You know what I mean? I I get yeah. what they were trying to do. They were trying to do a standoff, have Strange wrap him in a pocket dimension, keep him there. You know, the Watcher has protected the multiverse now, and I'll just finish with this and let you go. But I did like the fact that at the end of the day, the Watcher, you know, talking about how their stories are his home, and in some ways, he is protecting his home. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's the part where he couldn't let Ultron run chaos all over the multiverse because he knew by doing that. 
everything would be lost to that point and he would you know be like homeless you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i like the fact that they tied it into like he's doing this because their stories give him a sense of home which mm-hmm. sounds ludicrous but is kind of cool to consider that you know it's it's that juxtaposition of the most powerful don't necessarily always have everything you know what i mean true yeah and and so i thought it was kind of a a a nice detail there to kind of bring that in but i just thought everything with the final battle was just a little bit overblown and just it seemed like consistency kind of got thrown out the window but as you've stated we're talking about multiverses zombies and and other just craziness oh my certainly and i think the one point to make with the with the as you have so aptly coined zolatron versus killmonger fight the the different thing there might be the fact that you're dealing with of course the ultron vision body which is made out of vibranium that was a whole gig with getting the vibranium uh in avengers 2 was so that this could be this final indestructible not Mm -hmm. almost indestructible body for what became vision but was supposed to be ultron and then the the suit that killmonger is wearing because it's it's the black panther suit uh, Black Panther's suit is made out of vibranium. So the idea with vibranium being this indestructible but also reflective, like it, it like you can it absorbs whatever it, it hits and all this. I mean, I'm guessing that maybe the vibranium can absorb some of that energy that would have been then carried through a suit like mm. Tony's to the person. It's not it's protecting Killmonger. Now that's quite a leap, but I'm guessing that is the logic that you'd have to follow. All right. And I would agree. It was it was over the top, but I I, I kind of dug how over the top it was because you're already kind of in this realm of like making stuff ridiculous, anyways. Like you're you're messing with everybody's story and you're involving the watcher and and all of these things. Like it's already so over the top. So a little bit more, meh, didn't bug me. What I want to know is how did you feel about Thanos being jobbed out in like ten seconds when he showed up? Oh, I thought that was hysterical. That was lovely. <laughs> I mean, just walks through all of a sudden, zinc. Like, yeah. like that was it, and 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 I'm sitting there thinking, could he have done this in Infinity War? <laughs> well, apparently. So now this is where I'll have to find this because uh, I saw it today. There was a video I started watching, and much like any number of these videos that are like, let us explain to you this thing. It's like it finally starts explaining it within after about three and a half minutes of like blabbering. Uh, which I shouldn't down talk bladdering because that's what we do for 90 minutes or so every week. But I will see if I can post that where it actually does talk about the a writer kind of confirming why that wouldn't have happened and why it didn't happen when he showed up and all that stuff. But I didn't watch it all the way through quite yet because I got by the time I finally got to the explanation, I'm like, I actually have some work I have to do today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm now spent. Oh, dear. I'm yeah. All right, well, until season two of What If, that, my friends, is the 37-minute edition. Actually, no, it's actually more like 35 because we have a couple minutes. Uh, We'll see. So basically, Tim, for the first time, just completely hates what Marvel has done. He hates it with a passion. He's turning in his his Marvel shill card. Feige, stop those checks to him immediately. You can send them to me. Oh dear! All right, sir. What's yeah. on the docket for tonight? Well, we got us some uh, some or trailers today. here. We've got Dune, The Eternals, Hawkeye, 
and the Matrix Resurrections to all talk about here. And these are these are all coming out very soon. So Dune is the first one. So that's coming out uh, mm-hmm. the twenty second of October. Mm-hmm. The Eternals uh, we graces our vision in a. Uh, the 5th of November. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. And uh, then we have Hawkeye coming to the Plus on the 24th of November. And then Matrix Resurrections is our pre-Christmas present on the 22nd of December. Nice. We got some stuff coming down. And that's before we even get into Book of Boba Fett. And uh, wasn't there something else coming on on the Plus as well? No, there's Book of Boba Fett. There is uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. That's right. Okay, yeah. We already talked that one to death. So and we're, Yeah, so so we're we good. are not going to chat about Ghostbusters because we've dedicated yes. an episode to that. We're not going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home because we dedicated an episode to that. This is strictly going to be... Uh, and kind of when we conceived the idea of this episode, there had been just kind of a flurry of new trailers uh, for these movies that had, had come out. So these are a little bit, you know, a couple weeks dated, um, but uh, at the same time just... Uh, Uncle Todd and I looked at this and like, my goodness, we're going to have just such a plethora of content to absorb during the holidays. What are we going to do with ourselves? We're going to watch it all. That's right. That's right. All right. So first and foremost, Dune. All right, sir. So where do we begin with this? I mean... (laughs) Just, well, we just tell the okay, listeners we just we, for full disclosure we yeah. we 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 did we're editing out the part where we're like watching this with you because we know you're not going to cue it up, but we are stopping and pausing and and then editing out us rewatching the trailer just so yeah. that we remember mostly me because like I just again I ate so much fried food my brain is barely functioning I don't even, I'm not even sure I'm I'm surprised I remember my name right now quite honestly so we we just finished watching this trailer for Dune and it was the it's the final trailer, so it's not the one with the Pink Floyd soundtrack. It's the one with like you know the the singer in the in the background. You hear oh, so geez, oh, so, I mean, oh, freaking intense, dude. Uh, I mean, what are your? Where do you even begin to have overall thoughts on this? Uh, it it, it does you, a great. Actually, actually, let me let me give you uh, ask this too because this might be good context overall. Did you see the original Dune? Uh, the, yes, I did. Sadly. The, who was that? Uh, wasn't it David Lynch or something? Yeah, where there was like 10 minutes of just like text narration talking uh, about yes. all, all of the oh, houses. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we talked about that. So, But you have not read the book yet. I have not. I, I purchased okay. the book a while back because I think we were in one of our pre-pre-pre-production meetings talking about maybe doing some kind of book review on it. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, that that's just not that would be like a 10 part podcast right there this, i think that's the, episode 127 we're going to shoot for on that one maybe and gentlemen. maybe and that's being generous now um no my, my initial thought is the trailer i feel does a fantastic job of communicating the vastness of the story you know what i mean yes. like like just just the scenes of the desert and the battles and everything going on it just has a feeling of enormity to it. And, you know, you already kind of get a sense of things, you know, House Atreides and, and a people that are being persecuted and this sort of savage army, which, you know, my, my, my comment while we were watching the trailer was good old Dave Batista is going to power bomb Arachnus or, or, or well, sorry, what was Ar- the name of the planet? Arrakis. Arrakis. You know, power bomb it. But uh, no, I, I just think it, it, it does a fantastic job of getting you kind of excited and invested in what this story is about if you don't already know. And uh, and, and so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see this version of it, to see if it is a better 
telling of it and does a better job of kind of, you know, I don't want to say honoring the sci-fi classic book, but at least kind of being a an honorable translation of it and, and not kind of what we saw in the early 80s, which was really, a, for me, it was a very difficult movie to get through. You know, it just, it mm. wasn't interesting. It wasn't exciting. It was just kind of just plotted along and spent way too much time in the politics and everything. And, and I know that's part of the story, but there's a way to do that in a way that keeps the pace of the movie going. And so I just, this one looks promising to me in, in terms of that. How about you, sir? So I did not watch the David Lynch movie. However, I have read the book. So between the two of us, we are one heck of a Dune fan, let me tell you. Nice. Um, nice. So I have the background of the book. And the book, I've only read it once. So I feel it's one of those books, in order to really be a fan of this and to really be knowledgeable, you either have to have one mother of a memory or you have to read this book a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I got through it. Not like I got through it. I shouldn't say that. Uh, it was a it was a good read. It was a very interesting read. It was very well written. But man, I don't know that I could reread it right away. You know, yeah. like I I think I read that earlier this year, and it will probably be next year before I could dive back in and reread it. So it it is a very dense book. There is a lot happening. There's a lot of stuff to learn and to, and to understand about this world. Although the book, mm-hmm. I feel, does a great job of giving it to you in a graceful story way and not just in a, here, now let me dump a bunch of information in your face sort of thing, which I just started another book that is kind of doing that to me in the first 12 pages. And I was like, no, no, I'd Stop it. We're done. We are done. Life is too short to read crappy books. So I, I'm done with that book. Like, I don't, if you're going to give me the information, give it to me in story. Don't just sit there and for five or six pages go on about stuff where you're not even furthering the story whatsoever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can see the frustration that you would have going back to that David Lynch movie from at least what you've told me about it and what I've heard about it from other people. I do know that Dune has had a very kind of tortured production history. There was a, there was a bunch of different iterations of how it was supposed to be done. And I will say, I, I totally agree. This trailer, and actually even the earlier trailers, but this one specifically, is epic. It is, the scale is just epic. And I will say, um, so here in Southern Maine, uh, the the two theaters that were closest to me were both shut down. They were Cinemagic theaters. And Cinemagic, of course, filed Chapter 11. They're, they're donezo. So didn't really have any theaters around here. And it also happened to be in IMAX, which is not like true, true IMAX, but it's like what that qualifies for IMAX, you know, in a regular theater setting that isn't like 18 stories high and stuff so they they have actually reopened another chain has bought them and they are reopening and their imax is opening and i'm like oh because i was i was like i not only do i want to see dune on the big screen imax would be flipping awesome yeah yeah because it just looks huge and gigantic and i'm like yes i want this on the biggest screen possible if not beamed like directly into my skull you know (laughs) and since we we don't do that yet. I, I was like, IMAX, it'll be. So I'm very excited about that. I, I can't wait to see this. The one caveat here is, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, I wasn't really aware of it because I got to admit, I haven't been as hooked into this as, as, as I could have been because mm-hmm. just waiting for movies over the last like year and a half, let's face it, is kind of a frustrating thing. Like Just when you think you might see a movie, oh, you're not going to, and now this and now that. So I hadn't really kept tabs on this, but apparently this is only the first half of the book. 
Like this is Dune Part One. Oh, really? I don't think we're getting all the way until the end of the first book. Because then there's several other Dune books. I mean, it is a series of books that goes on. So we're only getting like the roughly the first half of the book. Yeah. So yeah. there was all there was a lot of talk of like, oh my gosh, what if this bombs? We're never going to see the second half of it, and blah blah blah. It's like, well, first of all, you can read the book. I, but I get it. You like if it, if something is going to be this gorgeous and beautiful, you want to see more of it. It's sort of like uh, similar to how I feel about the movie Dread. Not the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd, like the newer Dr- Judge Dredd with Carl Urban, which was like flipping awesome. But we're never going to get another one because it didn't make enough money or whatever. But it was it was like everything you would want from <laughs> from that comic strip comics that you know on the screen. Anyways, so I understand that. But I, now that movie theaters and we're having some more success with stuff, I'm really hopeful that we'll get to see part two of this because it looks great. The cast looks great. We were talking about it. <laughs> it's nice to see like Paul cast as as a teen instead of like mm-hmm. whoever that was in the first movie who was like like 45 trying to play a teenager, which yeah. just didn't quite come off as well. Zendaya, who... Oh my gosh, she's in just so much, so much stuff, and has been in so much stuff. I looked it up. I had to look it up because, I and I still, I, I, I'm not even sure I believe it. She's 25. I feel no like kidding. I've been watching movies with her for like the past 15 years. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, but she looks like she's going to be great in this movie. Oscar Isaacson's looks like he's going to be freaking amazing. And then of course you have Stellan Skarsgård is is playing the. Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember uh, what uh, the counter. Um, crud i'm forgetting i'm blanking on the name but basically the the big the, oh the baron big dude, vladimir harkonnen the baron yes which i didn't i i totally didn't get that until like one of the trailers i'm like <gasps> dude that's the, the, the yes you know oh my, it's uh wh- who was it tupolev from the hunt for red october yes it's tupolev oh yeah it was, oh it was, i can't wait for this movie now i am i am pumped Absolutely pumped. Yeah. So I guess my question for you, sir, uh, I, I think it's pretty easy to say there's, I don't see any concerns from either of us in what we've said so far. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go right to the last part of this. Uh, normally we do a buy sell, but uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you for a, a numeric grade. On a scale of one to 10, how excited for this movie are you? One being Plan 9 from Outer Space. And uh, and ten being the original Star Wars, how excited for this movie are you? Uh, I'm probably sitting at around a nine. Um, I'm, I'm I'm pretty excited for this, mainly because, like I said, I've seen the original and just have not great memories of it. Um, <laughs> I guess one of the concerns I will say is that as good as the trailer looks, you know, I I, I have reservations that there still may be a disservice done to the story because of the weight of everything and trying to tell it all. So I'm curious to mm. see, were they able to distill it down into a screenplay that flows well, both in terms of pace and in terms of the way they tell the story? That would be my only concern. But as far as a numeric rating of how excited I am, um, this is a nine. I mean, I, you know, I'm also wondering too, if, if maybe the original Dune also suffered from being under the shadow of the original Star Wars trilogy. You know, like I felt like anything that tried to go into space, you know, and do sort of sci-fi after Star Wars just could not measure up. True. It just felt it felt like a knockoff. And you would just look at the ships and you'd be like, oh, that looks like garbage compared to what I saw in Star Wars. You know, like the only thing that that I, I could think of that performed reasonably well compared to Star Wars was Star Trek because it was already established. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and 
I just remember with Dune, it just, I don't know, it, it just did not feel like a sci-fi movie. And it just, it, it like I said, I just didn't have very, very good memories of it. So this one, watching the trailer, I'm just like, wow, I, I can see my, like, this is getting the juices flowing. This is getting me excited, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. How about you, sir? Well, just to go to your point, so I, I am encouraged, like, I, I totally get the concern because it is a gigantic story. It is an, it is an epic, sprawling saga of a story. Uh, the the book is no lightweight. This is not light reading. This is uh, you are going to to chew on this one a while. However, if it is split into two parts, this part is two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not a quick flick either. So mm-hmm. two and a half hours, and I would assume your your second part is probably another two and a half. So all total, you have five hours as opposed to trying to take something that is sprawling and epic and grand and, and slam it into like a two hour even a two and a half hour single movie. So I, I think there is a little bit of hope there. I would say I am probably, I'm going to go nine as well. I am I am very excited for this movie and, and getting more excited. And I'm kind of glad that I, I've waited for my excitement to peak at this point as opposed to, because I think I could have gotten very jaded on this. You like know? a fine wine. <laughs> yes, yes. My want for Dune has aged like a fine wine. <laughs> Whatever that might mean. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, moving on. So, The Eternals. Once again, we just rewatched that sucker, and wow. Um, another, you know, just a little art house flick. Not much to it, you know. <laughs> only, a, only a couple of characters. Just, not, you know, very simple, simple sort of, yeah. oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I was thinking of something else. Ah. So, uh, yep, this is a three seltzer sort of episode here. Oh, dear Lord. Um, so, overall thoughts, sir? Once again... Love how Marvel is kind of, you know, weaving continuity all throughout these these movies and right out of the gate directly, you know, addressing the uh, the elephant in the room for a band of quote unquote Eternals. Mm-hmm. Where were you when Thanos snapped? That is a dang good question, ain't it? It is. And and I like the fact that we have uh, Richard Madden, who played Rob Stark in uh, Game of Thrones and uh, Kit Harington, who played Jon Snow. Uh, in Game of Thrones, reuniting in in this movie. So so Jon Snow, uh, if if you don't know Uncle Todd, because you haven't watched Game of Thrones yet, right? No, I. It's it's just too outlandish for me. It has dragons, so oh, I don't God. watch that sort of thing. Oh, I don't man. like things that are just un, not grounded in reality with things like dragons. You're so bitter. <laughs> just because your, your football team just because your football team is getting whooped on, boy. I am. I just. I keep thinking, Dalvin Cook, why? Why do you hate me so? <laughs> why do you hate me so? Oh, my gosh. But no, just the fact that, that they get into the effects of the snap and even in the trailer, it's like, you know, if you guys were around all this time, you know, it, it kind of gets into some philosophical stuff if you think about it, which is kind of cool, which is, you know, if mm-hmm. you guys are here, why aren't you helping us? You know, like, why didn't you stop mm-hmm. this sort of thing? And if you're all powerful and so forth. So... I'm kind of curious, too, how they'll weave the deviance into, you know, when you think about like WandaVision, Loki, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, all these things that have happened like post-snap. And we were talking about, what were we talking about last time? Um, cause you, oh, when we were talking about Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see like where this weaves into the timeline of all that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because at some point you got to figure between, you know, Shang-Chi blowing things up and the eternal, well, I guess... Most of that happened in Tao Lo, so I guess the Earth would not have known about it. But yeah. um, 
but the Eternals, you know, fighting whoever they're fighting, you know, the Deviants and so forth and just everything else going on. Like, how does this stuff all kind of like line up from a timeline perspective, you know, and, and mm. how are some of these characters not knowing about these other characters or what they're doing and that sort of thing? So kind of curious, kind, kind of curious. And I think it was you, sir. Did you send me something today that uh, this something in this movie or the story will change a lot? Yeah. Of... So uh, a ahead. tweet. I, I, sorry, from, uh... I want to steal your thunder. Well, that's all right. It's it's not that thunderous because I mean it, it was on the Twitter. So it's anyone anyone who has a Twitter machine could have gotten this information. But you know, I just happened to find it, and I'm gonna claim it for my own. No, I'm not going to. This was uh, tweeted out by Fandango at Fandango. If you're curious, but uh, quote the impact that the Eternals will have on the MCU will be nothing less than redefining the cinematic universe. End quote by none other than the Marvel godfather himself, Kevin Feige. So say we all. That is a statement and a half right there. So not only I think we're going to get some some of these questions answered, I think we are going to, there is going to be a pivot that is happening here. Mm-hmm. There is going to be a shift in, in what's going on. If the dude who's in charge of this whole thing and masterminding everything is like, hey, this is going to redefine the cinematic universe, uh, buckle up, Buttercup, because things about to get interesting. Uh-huh. Business is about to pick up, as good old Jr. would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I I also would like some answers to those questions, uh, and I think that this movie again is a is a big old movie. Like there is an epic scope to this. Of course, going across time and and with with these beings who are so powerful, you know, and then you get this gigantic six-eyed space dude who, you know, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on here. Whole mm-hmm. bunch of stuff. And that's before you even get into like, oh, hey, there's Selma Heck and there's, you know, Angelina Jolie and, you know, and these two other people from Game of Thrones, which whoop de doo Uh, you know, it, it's it's to me it is just going to be uh it's going to be interesting to see how again all that fits in like you said i'm also curious because it seems like they're they're doing a fairly good job of kind of showing who these characters are and giving these characters little you know as as you know with any of these team movies mm-hmm. it's a delicate balancing act to give each character a little bit of space yeah. and to give them their own little development time and everything and i don't know just from these little glimpses and of course marvel's history with doing these things really freaking well mm-hmm. it, it seems like they're doing that and I'm excited by that because it's always good to have more characters it's good to have more characters you can draw on and bounce things off of and, and see how these things go through yeah. so I'm, I'm very uh, very curious to see how this is going to tie in and, and work yeah I am too I, I mean I guess I'll just rehash what I said I think you know I, I, I think the thing that that excites me the most that, that that is very compelling to me is how is this going to tie some some story threads together you know and and what are these revelations like you you know you're mentioning with the feige quote like what is going to be revealed that's going to flip things on its head Mm. do we see kang you know like going back several episodes there was a weekend geek item that we talked about where there was a rumor or, or someone postulated of Will we see a version of Kang because the Eternals will have existed across 7,000 years? Mm-hmm. Will they have a run-in with Kang at some point? So will we start to see him? Or do we see Shang-Chi's dad? Do we see Shang-Chi's dad? Absolutely. We should, uh, I think we got to queue up some real and jabronis, my friend. 
Uh, you know what? I think you need to get me my uh, get me my winnings from the last it's real It's on its way. First. Hold it's your on horses. Its way. It's on its way Hold by way of horse. Siberia and Neptune. It's you're, on its way. You're darn right. It's gonna you know it's gonna get there eventually. But there's gonna be a little spite thrown into it. So there you if go. There was, if there was I if was this robbed. was ordered through Amazon, there would have been a drone in my backyard robbed. the next day. Robbed. Oh my gosh. Anyways, before we get into that bitterness, uh, on a scale of, oh, let's say, Batman v. Superman to <laughs> Avengers Endgame, so 1 to 10, and I think you know which one is 1 and which one is 10. I think I do. Um, where, would, where would you put this one, sir? I am going to go with a another 9 on this one. I mean, actually, could could even go 10 because I really don't, I don't see any... I, I'm going to stay at a 9. Nothing very concerning to me. Honestly, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I think this is going to be unless this is kind of a switcheroo where the trailer looks really good. and We get to the movie. And we're like, what was Marvel thinking? But this this has not happened. They, they have they they have high quality stories that, and they've been consistent. They have continuity. Mm. I really don't have a lot of concerns around this. I think this is going to further the story along of the overall phase four arc. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's going to be great. So I'm going to go nine on this one. I agree. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 9.5. I was about, I was hovering around an 8, 8.5 until I really kind of absorbed that Feige quote. And now, I, I, I mean, it, this is going to shake up everything. Like, okay, uh, a little bit of nervous energy going on here because mm-hmm. I've really liked everything so far. And now you're going to shake it all up and redefine everything. Well, I kind of like it the way it is, but uh, I hope it's going to be better. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go for a 9.5. Nice. nice. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, before we move on to Hawkeye, can I just pop in with a quick update? Oh, sure. Uh, fantasy football-wise, they oh, all... Oh, no, no, they, no, 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 I don't no, 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 they all hate you is projected to win 164 to 156. Lamar Jackson has been held to six fantasy points. They're in quarter two. And uh, M. Andrews, whoever that is, the tight end for Baltimore, has four points. So <laughs> what... what <laughs> What you have asked for is happening. He is only connecting with your tight end. And Jonathan Taylor has posted 20 fantasy points already, and they're only a quarter of the way through the second quarter. So, sir, the football cods, I think, are smiling upon you. The, the football cods? I've got no gods. I've got football gods. fish on me. Okay. Oh, gods. gods. I see. You need to make sure you enunciate, sir. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I have the tape. I'll roll it back. I'm pretty sure that you said fantasy cods I said with a cuss. Okay. I will. <laughs> I will go back and listen to that oh, in the good edit. Lord. And you know what, folks? And he will do it. that. He will do that, and then he'll contact me, and he's like, "Here it is. Minute seven point." <laughs> <laughs> Damn right I will. You're making me go through this fantasy football crap. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. No, right, come on. Moving, <laughs> moving right along. No, that better show up. Otherwise, oh. you're going to be getting a flaming bag of dog poo. All right. Uh, next up, Hawkeye. I like the fact that we're going to talk about or review a trailer that has absolutely nothing to do with the universe collapsing upon itself. So. Yes, it's it's kind of a palate cleanser, if you will. It, it actually is, especially considering our last movies. So. Yeah, and then and then the fourth movie to come. This oh is a very nice gosh. little break in the it middle is. middle of all those. All right, doesn't that just okay. get the holiday juices going for you too, man? 
Oh, I'm telling you, I'm not one of those. I okay. So here's the thing. I I have a very strict rule, and my wife semi adheres to this and and respects my wishes. Although sometimes it gets a little bit dicey. I am a no Christmas music until the day after Thanksgiving sort of guy. Like I want the holidays one at a time. Do not give me any. I don't want to think about Thanksgiving until after Christmas. I don't want to think about <laughs> until after ha- Halloween. <laughs> Good I don't want to think about Christmas until after Thanksgiving. You know, that's that's just the way I like it. Like, space it out a little bit, you know? Don't don't accelerate this stuff. I am all about watching this trailer and starting this, like, starting the Christmas season a little bit early this year, you know? I'm A-okay with it in this context because this looks like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And d- don't you find it interesting that, and, and I mean, I'm assuming something here, but I, I think you and I are of a similar mind around some of this stuff. You get kind of a big diehard vibe from this, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, like, like Clint is the perfect, like, kind of John McClane character in the Marvel Universe. Like, wrong yes. guy in the wrong place a lot of the time. Like, just, he kind of has that, that like, sort of, you could definitely see him like, <sighs> not again sort of thing happening yeah. to him like I, I totally get it and like i just oh yeah it's i i have no words like i lo- i i am so in for this show and i i love the you know his running buddy i i don't know what her name is because i've done a poor job of research i'll, uh, I'll swing over to her. keep talking i'm getting good chemistry between the two of them and like just the setup it just just taking the trailer in and of itself it was the perfect setup you know like like we said like oh no i'll be home for christmas and as we're re-watching that i'm like oh, yeah nothing bad ever happened after that in a trailer and and it just sort of escalates from there and just goes to this point of ridiculousness that is just grand and lovely and wonderful. Haley Steinfeld as ah. Kate Bishop. Yes. They they look like they've got some good chemistry in a in a sort of a in a lethal weapon sort of like I don't know if I really want to be around you but we're stuck with each other sort of vibe which I I love I love that kind of buddy situation the best mm-hmm. I think that is always great when there is like a little sort of like ah, if I had the chance I might shoot you in the leg <laughs> just <laughs> I ain't gonna kill you but I just I want to wing you if I can yeah. you know uh, yeah no actually here uh, let me have you talk because I've just babbled about this what are your overall thoughts on this sir you know i was skeptical when i heard they were going to do a hawkeye tv show i was like what are they going to do for this and and how are they going to make it like compelling and interesting and well let's just say they knocked it out of the park with the trailer i'm just like okay this is kind of cool they're they're gonna you know kind of anchor on to the ronin character and and kind of launch into it from there and and then we see you know the mentor mentee kind of relationship forming between him and the kate bishop character and just you know having that all framed around the holidays and i just like what what smart people they are to kind of like frame it in those different dimensions so that it makes Mm -hmm. it kind of this like nice sort of compact time frame storytelling mode and it's going to be lighthearted it's going to be I, I mean you know i'm sure there's going to be some seriousness with the action but you know it, it, it's going to be at a different level than falcon and the winter soldier it's going to be at a different level than wandavision like i just saw it and i'm like okay once again you diabolical geniuses you did it you did mm-hmm. it you found a way for this to be interesting for me so yeah i i'm i am very very excited about this really don't have any concerns about it because, you know, going into it and, and, you know, quite honestly, we should do a real in jabroni on this, but I, I got to be honest, like, what do you do it on? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like, it just feels like 
it's probably going to be some sort of kind of straightforward story with with a good arc to it, you know, especially around the family piece and and you know, Clint, you know, maybe this is where we see you know, Jeremy Renner step back from the Hawkeye character and it's going to be Kate Bishop moving forward and, you know, uh, and, and just have him kind of ride off into the sunset with his family, you know, and give him kind of give that character, you know, kind of the send off that it's due given, you know, everything else that that it went through in the first three phases. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And I, I just am like, man, Marvel's got some smart people because they just keep finding more different and interesting ways to engage us in this vast universe of characters. And, and it's, it's just cool. Yeah. So now here is the thing. I, I, I want to put this out there because I want to be on record for this in just on the absolute outside chance that I'm correct. So in this movie, we see very prominently in the very beginning the Rogers the Musical banners and stuff like that. We see some of the, and actually we get a stage <laughs> shot or two, don't we? Yes, we do. It looks like Chris Evans is in there. Yeah. And so, which wouldn't that be a trip if he, he like actually played himself like undercover? Wouldn't that just be, wouldn't that be awesome? It uh, would. In, it, like as, as like old cap like coming forward or something. Anyways, so then you have that fight in the park, okay? Mm-hmm. And at one point, Hawkeye... Jeremy Renner kind of t- turns and all the bad guys turn away at once. And it's a real, it's like a second and a half shot. I wonder if they're giving us an undercover musical. Ah. Wouldn't it be weird if all of a sudden, like, we found out, like, they've managed to keep this secret and it is a musical. That would be And, like, two or three times per episode, people are just going to burst into song randomly. <laughs> well, you know, uh, stranger things have happened. So I, I, I don't know that I, I can totally discount that. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So uh, on a scale of, oh, I don't know. Um, hmm, let's see here. Uh, cop Rock to, <laughs> um, to Airwolf with, of course, Cop Rock being the least awesome and Airwolf being the most awesome. And I don't, I'm, I'm kind of going on Jeremy Renner's vague sort of like gruff resemblance to Jan Michael Vincent, which I'm, I'm very tin. Oh, don't do that. I'll, I'll have that in my head for the next three freaking weeks, dude. That is like, that is one of the biggest earworm musical themes of, of all time. Uh, so on a scale of 1 to 10, of course, with Cop Rock being 1 and Airwolf being 10, where would you put your anxiousness to see this? Uh, I am going to have to go a full-on 10, honestly. I, I, Dang! I, I don't have any concerns about it. I love the fact that it's coming out near the holidays, near Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. has that holiday vibe to it, has a kind of lightheartedness to it, at least from the you know what we've seen in the trailer. Like, I, I just feel like it's just going to be some fun family viewing, and I'm looking forward to plopping down and watching it with my family and just kind of getting into that hall. You know, I mean, not, not that I look at it as, like, you know, a Christmas show or, or something like that, but it there, there's just some shows you watch or some movies, you know, and, yes, some of them are holiday movies, but they get you into that mood, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. watching this and the Andy Williams music and the way they're kind of framing it all, I'm like, man, this gets me all kind of in that holiday mood. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to give it a 10. Wow. I, I I did not see that one coming. I am gonna I'm gonna go with a solid nine on this, and and I I'm going with a solid nine because it does seem like as we were saying like it is nice to have a movie in the or a, something in this trailer park uh, episode that is not about the end of the world. Kind of nice, a little bit of a palate cleanser, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I don't know. It does. It looks like a lot of fun. Now, of course, it could turn out to be like, hey, we're going to show you all the fun parts. And here is the really heavy stuff. Like all of a sudden, the, the fun parts are, are the fun parts, but there's a lot more heavy stuff. Who knows? Who knows? We, mm-hmm. we did not see some of, the, some of the, the undertones and overtones of Falcon and Winter Soldier coming. So who knows what Hawkeye will have. But as of right now, it just looks like a real fun watch. So I am, I am definitely a solid nine on this one. Agreed. All righty. Well, just when you thought we weren't going to be talking about the end of the world, <laughs> here I'm, we go. I'm uh, queuing with, it up, baby. I'm queuing it up. All right. So the Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> Good sweet Lord. We are back to the end of the world as we know it. And I don't know if I feel fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quite honestly um oh, i'm gonna let you go first on this one sir overall thoughts oh gosh just get december 22nd here now please <laughs> just for goodness sakes this is ridiculous i'm i i, I was a massive fan of, of the matrix when it first came out i think i went to the theater like two or three times and watched it Granted, I think two of those viewings, I was on a work trip and it, it wrapped a weekend and I needed something to do. So <laughs> so I decided, hey, I want to check this movie out again. You know, I'm, I'm probably one of the few fans that, that enjoyed Reloaded and Revolutions. I, I know those sequels were met with some uh, critique from the fan base and so forth. Big fan of Animatrix and, and just that whole universe. I mean, just the way, you know, the Wachowskis just created such a unique and different franchise in sci-fi and and just brought to life you know this story about you know what is real and and you know what is what is it to live and what is it to you know function and and when the matrix came out it was playing on tropes that existed in the late 90s of just that kind of that culture of materialism and 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 just how everyone is just kind of drones kind of doing their work and that sort of thing and and this one here there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I, I've read a lot of different rumors about what people, th- you know, some people think this is a complete retcon of Reloaded and Revolutions. It's going to pick up, you know, after the Matrix movie. I have read that part of the story is, as we saw in the trailer, like the blue pills. And, you know, there's a scene where he's in an elevator with people just kind of staring at their phones that it's, you know, there's going to be elements of what our culture is now where we're just very kind of heads down in our devices and, and just zoned out. I've read an interesting rumor on that note about that, you know, at the end of Revolutions, the architect makes this kind of deal with the Oracle that they'll allow humans to leave if they, you know, if they so choose, that the machines won't imprison them any further. And one of the rumors is that the architect kind of plays a little end around. And so he's responsible for like the blue pills and kind of the, the, the people being kind of brainwashed by the devices and the, just, just continuing to live there and not desire to leave sort of thing. So there, there's just so much going on with it. And I just love the fact that you can't tell really where it's going. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. the only thing you can tell from the title, infer from the title Resurrections, is that it will pick up after some aspect of, of what had happened. And where it picks up and how it picks up, we just have zero idea. We have zero idea. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. So that's what makes me partially really excited about it is that I think they they have a really interesting story to tell. And, you know, there, there's a concern that it could be another Revolutions or Reloaded where you have to be part of just that kind of sci-fi mindset to kind of dig in and, and, and like that kind of storytelling. And they may screw it up. I don't know. But I feel like given the trailer and the things that I'm reading, I, I really do think this is a return to a franchise where 
they're going to do it some service, do it justice. And, and I think it's going to add an, a new layer to the story that will complement it and, and really accentuate what, what came before it. So I'm very excited. Very, very excited for this. How about you, sir? Well, I, I agree with you. The, the trailer really does not give you any clear... It doesn't allow you to latch on to any one clear reference point in terms of, okay, this is where the movie is heading. You kind of get flashes. You get enough reference points to kind of understand, okay, Neo is older and he is going to therapy. Okay. And then there's the pills and then there's the aspects of social media and devices and all that. And so it at least frames the world for you. But it, like you said, you don't really know where this is heading. You know, of course, that he's going to meet up with uh, Trinity. Uh, Trinity. And you know that there is a Morpheus like character and that there is a, an Oracle like character. But okay, how do those all tie in? And, you know, having not gone through the IMDb page and, and been like, okay, what are the names of these characters and all that? I, I don't want to know, honestly, at this point. So I do enjoy the fact that they don't give you a whole lot in the trailer. I applaud them for not using Nirvana's Come As You Are, uh, which seems to be a, uh, it's sort of like the last four or five years, uh, Johnny Cash's version of Hurt, where it's like every single trailer is using that when they want to make you feel very uh, vaguely disoriented and, and uncomfortable. But of course, using White Rabbit, I mean, for crying out loud, that's like kind of right there and it's on the nose with Alice <laughs> I, I and all say, the... on, on the nose a bit, eh? Yeah, but at the same time, it kind of works and I, I can appreciate that. So there is that aspect to it. So I'll, I'll go right to my concerns. My concerns are that I kept hoping for good movies after The Matrix and was let down twice. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if third time is going to be the charm. To me, the two Matrix movies that came after the original Matrix were very much letdowns. And I was, I was rooting for them. I was hoping for them. And for various reasons, they just never quite worked for me. Like they worked. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're movies and they're not, they're not horrific. But they just weren't as good as the original. And I think part of the problem is, you know, the the move the first movie to me seemed like it it was so self-contained and that that was the message. Like that's that's the story. And then you have these other two movies that got tacked onto it. And yeah, they found a way to make it work, but it did not feel interwoven the same way that now we've seen like Marvel interweave their their stories and movies and characters. It did not feel like that. It felt like it was grafted on. And to me, the graft didn't quite take. So I'm a little nervous, however many years later that we are getting the fourth installment in the series after two movies that I looked at as like... <sighs> just didn't quite get there you know so i'm a little i'm a little i've got a i've got some trepidation here for this one we're down 50 percent on our wachowski scale we only get one we only have one of the wachowskis directing and writing so i don't know how that's going to affect it maybe it's the one maybe we're getting the wachowski who who is least involved with the last two movies i don't know i don't know uh so it'll that'll all be interesting so i have cons i have more concerns with this movie than i have with the other movies so far because quite honestly marvel has made us feel like we're in pretty good hands and uh is it denis villeneuve is that i think that's how you pronounce his name uh mm -hmm. pronounce that so far his movies feel like a pretty good hands with him uh the last couple matrix movies not feeling like uh not feeling so good about those hands right <laughs> right at the moment so a little bit a little bit more trepidation around this one all right so i guess we now have to go for the question on uh, on a scale of 
oh. I, I do want to debate the merits of what you said at a later time. I, I, I don't want to do it in this episode because uh, okay. we're, we're focusing on the trailer park, not on our philosophical takes on the Matrix, but I, I do feel like we now have a topic we can dig into at a later time. Okay. Well, fair enough. All right. So on a scale of Matrix Revolutions to The Matrix, with, of course, Matrix Revolutions being a one and The Matrix being a 10, where do you find yourself on the spectrum, sir? I respectfully disagree with the movie you choose to make the one. <laughs> However, okay, much like so- Neo, I'm going to bust out of the construct that has encased me, and I am not going to go zero to 10. I am instead going to say 14. Wow. Okay. So you are, oh my gosh. So how much did, how much did Lana Wachowski pay you, sir? There That's is what I no spoon. And how? And where can I? Where can I get some of that sweet, sweet Wachowski money? Oh, where can come I on hook into that? Um, I'm can gonna start say- by not criticizing their move. No, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Hey, you know, I mean, it I is know. what it is You're to, to quote the great philosopher of our times, Bill Pelichek. Oh dear. I'm gonna have to put myself at a seven <sighs> on this. Now, here's the thing. Come on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see the movie. Don't get me wrong. They got my money. They got my money. I'm going to see it. You know, the problem is like the hesitation has to be factored into that ranking. Mm -hmm. I'm very hesitant. You know, I feel like I feel like I've been hurt. You know, it's like every time I go to start Dalvin Cook, my fantasy team, I've been hurt before, man. I've been hurt. You separate your fantasy team from the Matrix franchise, my friend. I can't. That's how I feel like I'm trapped in my fantasy team like like Neo stuck in the freaking Matrix. I'm hooked into this thing and I'm like naked in a tub of goo with my head shaved and like stuff <laughs> plugged Lord. into my spine. That's what fantasy football is to me right oh, now. My I feel like I'm I'm being like fed through a tube anyways I, I i feel like that has to be accounted for i i am i am trepidatious about seeing the movie i will mm-hmm. see it i will see it because i did i mean as much as i i i kind of bagged on those two movies i saw them i i at one point i owned them on dvd now i managed to get them for like a dollar each but i i had them and i watched them a couple times and i felt like i gave them a f- pretty fair shake like if i remember right i saw all three of the movies in the theater and I've I've seen them all multiple times, and it's just I I cannot put the sec the the, the second and third movie in the same category or the same class or tier as I do the first movie. Well, I just that, can't. That I would agree with, and I'll stop there because we're, we'll we'll get off on a tangent on discussing this. Okay, make, so we'll, fair enough. So we'll make it a topic for another time because. This could go for another hour. <laughs> yes. So I just to sum up, Dune, the Eternals, and Hawkeye all get very strong by go see them sort of suggestions. Uh, Matrix Resur- Resurrections, we're both going to see the movie. Uh, Tim, however, just off the scales, full blown wacko for this movie. Uh, he, Thank you. He's he's probably going to just buy a ticket and then hide under a seat in the theater so he can see it the entire day. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit more, uh, more, you know, cautiously uh, more hesitant. Uh, I'm cautious. That's for sure. I don't know about optimistic, but we will see. All right. We will see. And another thing. All right, sir. So what have you got for and another thing this week? So actually a departure from the past, I don't know, 50 and another things I've done where it's all. Oh, this isn't Tombstone? TV shows, movies, or yes, Tombstone. Wyatt, I'm rolling. All right. How about a spelling contest? 
Still one of my favorites. Go ahead, skin that smoke wagon. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. The the writing is just oh we again we gotta do a topic on on tombstone for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh my end another thing is a book I have started reading by the author Neil Gaiman, if I'm saying his last name right. Uh actually I think it's Gaiman. Gaiman? Okay. Neil yeah, Gaiman. I believe so. This is not, uh, he is known for fiction. This is a nonfiction book. Uh, it is called The View from the Cheap Seats, and it is a compilation of essays and speeches and articles that he has written in the past um, on a variety of different topics. And I found this in a in a bookstore several months back. It looked very interesting. I, I originally kind of you know, ironically, I, I haven't read a lot of his hits. Um, I got connected into Neil Gaiman through, actually through, uh, if you've done Masterclass, uh, he, he mm-hmm. basically is the one who does a, basically a module on writing. Mm. And I was starting to, you know, I was kind of, uh, early COVID, I was, I was kind of getting the bug a little bit and um, decided to kind of watch a few of them and kind of understand what goes into the writing process and that sort of thing. And, uh, and he, he just, fantastic narration, fantastic person to listen to talk about the trade that he mm. does. And I, I just really just enjoyed just listening to him and, and just what he had to say. And so I picked this up mainly because, I, I mean, not to do uh, dirty to the uh, local bookstores, but I, I have tried to stay very digital with my books uh, just to keep them that way. But this one, I, I, I bought a physical book, and uh, it, it's it's very interesting. Uh, I'm in the first section called Some Things I Believe. His first essay in there is a speech he gave in 2013, and, and I love the title of it, Why Our Future Depends on Libraries, Reading, and Daydreaming. And it was a lecture he gave in 2013. Uh, and, and then it just goes on from there. And uh, just very fascinating, you know, thoughts to kind of think about. Yeah, he, he's a very big proponent of libraries and really talks about the impact they had on him as a child, um, how he, you know, would spend days, you know, when he had, you know, time off from school and was, was at home, he would go to the library and the librarians would help him, guide him in terms of, you know, the different sections. And he would, you know, read through the entire kids section of his library and then he would work his way through the adult section and just seemed like a, a voracious reader. And, and you can kind of understand how he ended up in, in the trade that he did. So uh, if you're interested in in the perspectives of a uh, award-winning author and, you know, has, has a very... Uh, very good sense of humor and sensibility of things. And, and just, you know, I love to hear, uh, you know, I, I read an essay already where he kind of talks about, you know, kind of the art of lying, which is <laughs> which is what fiction is in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I would highly recommend this book. I'm, I'm only uh, maybe I would say a, a sixth of the way through it. I'm, I'm, I'm through a very small portion of it, but I'm already very much uh, enjoying it and, and give it high marks. So the view from the cheap seats, Neil Gaiman, uh, do check it out and uh, enjoy. Very nice. And his masterclass is very good. And I will actually, uh, just a, a minor addendum to your and another thing. He also has a very good podcast uh, episode with Tim Ferriss. Ah, and oh, is a check very, that out. Very interesting, and is one of those people that one of those human beings that I could just listen to talk, listen to him talk about pretty much anything. Oh yeah, yeah. Just he, a. Gr- he, Great yeah. voice and just you know the way that he speaks about things and oh it's just he has uh, a way with words. He yes he does, uh, which would be helpful for either of us. But oh well, such is life. We um, can learn a thing so, or two from him. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and what about you, sir? 
or 12. Uh, so uh, I actually uh, have gone through a couple different things because uh, I, I'll save the one that I first went with on the outline for next week because I think it's worth mentioning because I had mentioned it in a previous episode. However, uh, this past weekend uh, was my 17th wedding anniversary and uh, spent Woo-hoo! it in the most romantic of ways uh, eating Chinese food and watching parks and recreation. So... You know, I know I am I am one of the great romantics of our time. Uh, however, it is it is a rarity for me and my wife uh, to actually enjoy the same media. We have uh, very, we have different tastes, to put it lightly, <laughs> in movies and television shows. So when we find something that we both enjoy, I tend to latch onto it in a big bad way. And when uh, we came across Parks and Recreation, started watching it, and I enjoyed it, and I saw how much she enjoyed it. I was like, okay, we've got to get these. So I actually bought the DVD set of the the complete series because I was like, I always need to have access to these because this is a go-to. And it just seemed like it was a, you know, we were, we were just eating Chinese food and just doing like what you, I mean, after 17 years is a weird anniversary. Okay. I looked it up like the, cause they have all those things like every, the different years are supposed to have different gifts and all that. And year 17, your 17th anniversary, the, the gift is furniture. I'm like, wow, how wicked romantic is that? Here, honey, here's a coffee table. I got you an ottoman. You know, no. So here's a hot. You know, yes. Oh dear God, don't don't ever buy, don't ever buy anyone a hutch or an armoire, because you're gonna have to move those someday. And you know what? Ain't nobody gonna help you because everyone's helped at least one person move a hutch or an armoire, and nobody wants to do it ever again. They will be busy on those days. Whatever day you choose, you'll say, well, I'm not sure when. Well, whenever it is, I'm busy. I'm out of town, and I will be out of town. I'll, I'll fly to Bora Bora if it means that I don't have to move a friggin' armoire again. My back is out of town. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm going to develop a hernia by then. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, you know, so don't do that. So I figured, you know what? Chinese food and parks and recreation is just as, if not more so, romantic than, you know, an ottoman, a coffee table, a, mm-hmm. a, a, an easy chair, if you will. Because at least there is, an, an, there is some kind of involvement with it. And again, it's like one of the three things that me and my wife actually both enjoy to watch. So we did that. Um, so it's interesting, though, going back, because we had not watched the first two seasons in quite a while. Mm. And really, season three is when Parks and Rec really kind of hit its stride. Mm-hmm. And you that is the show that then kind of carries out until the end of the series. Season one and two are kind of wacky because they are really still trying to find these characters, especially season one is just, you know, I think it was a mid-season replacement or something. So it's a very short first season. And then in the second season, about a third of the way through, you finally kind of get Ron Swanson becoming Ron Swanson because before that it was like that character was just totally different it was two different characters that had the same name and so you finally start getting that character and all of them start kind of rounding into shape and you start getting those characters as who they are and then so that by the time you get to season three it's like yes now we are on all cylinders so I hadn't watched the first two seasons in a while and that's kind of where we started and I'm like whoa this is very different yeah. Um, yeah. But over a bowl of bacon fried rice and uh, garlic green beans, I mean, hey, pff, anything is good then. <laughs> so uh, if you have not watched Parks and Recreation uh, ever, uh, 
please go and correct that. And uh, if you have watched it, go back and rewatch it. I think it's actually on the Peacock. Nice. So you can you can watch it there. Of course, you have to watch like eighteen State Farm commercials <laughs> per episode because that's like the one advertiser on the Peacock is State Farm. Like, oh my gosh, if I have to see Jake from State Farm again, I'm gonna lose my freaking mind. But anyway, I'm never going to get State Farm insurance just because of the the commercials. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend checking out Parks and Recreation if you have not done so already. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Very nice. Very nice. Well, we do so in, uh, do so wish that we could continue onward. And well, quite honestly, we could, but we also know that ain't nobody listening anymore. So we are going to bid farewell, a fond farewell to all of our fans and the members of the Free Range Idiocy Congregation. And oh, um, excuse me, uh, I'm just being handed this update. Uh, yeah, uh, things are going uh, things are going quite well for They All Hate You. Uh, and uh, we are continuing to hold at a 143 to 138 advantage here on Monday night. I might actually pull out of the nose uh, dive that I've been in and... <laughs> I, I do I am I am you know what I'm really kind of getting spooked by this because this uh, M Andrews guy four receptions 52 yards receiving that is half of the yardage that Lamar Jackson has throwing tonight. You called it. You <laughs> called it. Keep on going. Just keep on throwing to that guy and I can balance this whole thing out. The projected or, score you're winning by a point, my friend. I don't know. You know how this is going to go. Keep it's going to be heartbreaking. It's going to go right down the crapper as soon as we stop. But anyways, but thank you so much to all of our listeners. We do appreciate you. We thank you for tuning in. If you have not yet already subscribed to our podcast, what the hell is wrong with you? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on iHeartRadio. We're on Podbean. If you go to freerangeidc.com, you'll find all of our episodes. You can download them directly there. You can get the Podbean app and get them from there as well if you're not on the social medias with us with us then just let me tell you you are missing out on well next to nothing because i mean it's just more stuff that you see on the internet but hey it's our stuff on the internet and it makes us feel better so if you would please follow us on the on the social medias we're on facebook we are on instagram we are on twitter all of those are at free range idiocy if you have any questions your thoughts concerns uh things that you would like us to talk about on the show then what i want you to do is i want you to send all of those emails to tim at freerangeidiocy.com because quite honestly i'm a slacker and i don't really care that much anyways and i can't trust patrick to answer the emails because let's face it mm-hmm. i don't trust patrick with the bathroom key so i mean <laughs> you can only let the guy light the fire light light the trash can in the bathroom on fire so many times before you take the key from him Indeed. that's just the way it works and so now actually where is patrick going to you know i thought i was emptying the cat box a lot <laughs> oh good lord now I've, I've got to make some changes at the office. Anyways, uh, thank you so much. And now we come to the portion of the time. Par- portion? Port? Po- potion? No, portion of the show when I finally stop talking and not a moment too soon because apparently my brain is trying to strangle itself by <laughs> just, Go just to trying sleep. to make me shut up. Go to sleep. So before I completely black out, I'm just going to ask Tim, what the hell did we learn this episode? Well, we've learned the following, my friend. We have learned that Uncle Todd, after a basket of fried scallops, can function for the entirety of the show. 
We well, applaud I, you. Let's not get let's not get too carried away. I don't know. Oh, if that's right. We're not done yet. There could be a could be a snore or two in the middle of this. So we'll see. Well, I just I don't know if this qualifies as functioning. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a real low bar of what functioning is. Ah, uh, well, we, and and we bid adieu to the uh, the tag team introductions. Uh, we yeah. we have finally drained that well, and uh, we'll we'll move on to something else. So bear with us. Week five of fantasy football. Man, they call Tim five and zero. Oh, perfect, baby. Oh, for God's sake! Perfect, perfect. Ah, you're killing me. They all hate you. Well, respectable. Trying to be at least. <laughs> <laughs> Gee. Gee, thanks. <laughs> well, you put the team on autopilot. What do you expect is going to happen? My God, it's like it's like I'm getting talked to like uh, like a dog. Where like, oh, I didn't pee in the carpet today. Oh, good boy. Good boy. <laughs> Who wants a belly rub? Who wants a belly rub? <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. I mean, I I, I'm not arguing the truth in it. I'm just saying. <laughs> you can at least, you know, just say it when uh, I'm not around. I know. You know, like you usually do. Well, exactly. What if uh, finale was uh, interesting? We'll see what season two brings. And we'll see if, uh, the, you know, the watcher uh, drops the people's elbow at some point on someone. Uh, overall, the trailer park, just a fine, fine crop of movies that are coming out over the next uh, two months. We're in for some just fine, fine content, and I, for one, am looking forward to it, as is Uncle Todd, although, you know, he's a little skeptical about the Matrix there. A little sketchy. Whoa. And with all of that, mm. as we always like to close out, mm-hmm. we thank you for the downloads this past mm-hmm. week. We appreciate the support, and as Uncle Todd has already gone over, the social medias, please do reach out. We, we love the social medias and the encouragement. And as we always like to close out, be safe. Be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And, uh, you know, for goodness sakes, Uncle Todd needs a little bit of a boost in that fantasy football department, so let's save a few dollars so we can get a you know, good quarterback to replace Peg Leg Wilson. <laughs> That's his finger, wasn't it? I think it? so. Okay. Oh, but please, would you hit the lights on the way out? It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. I beg your pardon, what did you say? What do you think of this singer? Damn! You look like Mary Poppins. Is he cool? You are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! Get out! See, it's stuff like this that gives me trust issues. And don't come back! Until you've redeemed yourselves. You want me to speak? We're not pointing you yet. So say we all. So say we all. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Uh, I've got so much, like, canola oil from all the... <laughs> All the fried food. It's just pooling in my abdomen. Oh, oh my gosh, that's funny. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. That was fun, uh, man. That was fun. This is what it feels like when you have too much steak. Uh, uh, oh, Lord. Oh, dear. Oh, I think I need assistance. I kept it together for the whole episode. Now I can't move. I have to ask. So in, in the spirit of, of Doc Holliday from Tombstone uh, is, is the quote, 
I've not yet begun to defile myself. <laughs> oh, I hope I do defile myself later on. It might relieve some of this pressure. <laughs> oh, wait. I don't know if that's the definition of defile. Wait, never mind. <laughs> I got confused with something else. 